Hi, everyone. Welcome to Fantasy Football Fanatics. My name's Andy, and I'm here with Ben in LA. Hi, Ben. Hello. We have Gary in Santiago. Hi, Gary. Hello, all. And we have Matt in, uh, in traditional London still, right, right Matt? <laughs> That's right, yep. The only British-based uh, podder. Yes, indeed. Holding the fort in the capital city. All right. Well, we're going to kick off with football moments of the week. Um, and I'll go with Ben first. Yeah, my football moment of the week, um, going back to midweek, because I'm going to pretend the weekend hasn't happened, uh, where uh, Man U uh, played really well. They beat Leipzig 5-0, got all the fans excited, and then just put in absolutely god-awful performance against Arsenal. So uh, take me back to the Champions League, is what I say. Um, so yeah, that, that was probably my football moment of the week. Yeah, it seems like Solskjaer is better at the Champions League than he is at the league, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think we're just inconsistent as well. I think uh, maybe I also feel like our players um, seem to play better in in Europe as well Um, and don't kind of like the pressure of these kind of Premier League games. So, yeah, it's a really, really bad performance against um, Arsenal. Fantasy-wise, I was even thinking about maybe looking at some Man U players once um, after international break, they have a pretty decent run. Um, but but maybe not because just like the form is just so inconsistent. Yeah, that, it definitely is that. Um, it was a, a, a astounding performance in a way because uh, Leipzig are a, a really, really good side, aren't they? So to, to beat them 5-0 and then to come home and do the, do the opposite against Arsenal is really, really, really surprising and sums up the inconsistency, I guess. Yeah, I'm just glad Duncan's not on this pod to sort of rub our faces in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I, I saw a stat that Solskjaer has managed a, 100 games for Man United now. I, I was amazed that he's been there so long. Yeah, it, it, it's surprising he's made it that far. Coming in as the um, interim manager, right, and sort of nobody really thought that he'd get the job or hold on to it for more than a few games. To make it to 100, actually, I mean, in a club that had competent management would be a pretty big achievement. It's felt like he's kind of two or three losses away from being sacked for nearly all of those 100 games, but he's still kind of rumbling on. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, congratulations to him. Because I think he has actually done, I think he's done very well under those circumstances to not get fired. (laughs) Because it'd be very easy to get fired. Well, no one's going to pick that one up, so let's move on <laughs> to the next, uh, next moment, shall we? Matt, do you have the same one or a different one? Um, I, I, the reason I was quiet is because I was, I was frantically thinking of a different one, because uh, with three Man U, podders, uh, Man U fan podders, uh, uh, it would be a bit uh, poor if we all just picked the, uh, the nice midweek game where we won in the Champions League. So uh, my, my moment of the week was a sort of frustration of the week, uh, which was Liverpool's last gasp uh, victory over West Ham, where... Uh, it was looking like they might might drop some points and might might uh, might lose even at home at one stage. Um, but uh, yeah, Shakiri and Jota at the end uh, come through, and I was both pleased and delighted that Salah got a penalty for his ludicrous dive, but also appalled that that sort of dive gets penalties these days. <laughs> well, at least Mane didn't score it, though, right? That, yeah, that would have been the ultimate insult if, if Mane had done that and scored the penalty. Then, uh, yeah, then I'd be cursing cursing his name. <laughs> Quite. Yeah, well, West Ham, I think, actually the story there on this, although um, they lost the game, they looked good again, right? And we've talk, we, we spent a lot of time uh, last week pondering the merits of a, uh, a West Ham triple up. Um, obviously, Matt, you watched that game. What did you think of West Ham? Um. Yeah, I mean, they seem to give Liverpool lots of trouble. Uh, it's, it, it, I'm still ingrained in my mind that uh, West Ham are sort of a very, very uh, flaky team. David Moyes is a very, very average manager and that they were going to struggle this season. And I, I just can't shake it. But uh, each passing week, they look like, uh, say, Moyes under Everton uh, when, it was, when it was at Everton, like a nice cohesive unit that's creating uh, decent chances um, every week. So uh, I think they are definitely are very viable fantasy assets at the moment. 
yeah, it's quite the turnaround, right? From uh, from the last maybe ten years of, <laughs> of watching West Ham, um, and indeed the last ten years of watching David Moyes. So, <laughs> yeah, they they're they're, perpet- they're they're quite the enigma uh, this season. No one expected them to be this good. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, Gary, what's your moment of the week? Um, I don't think I have one to be honest. I I think I pretty much hate football at this stage, and <laughs> I'm not sure I want to say much more than that. But I, I'll give you a brief explanation. The the two games I've watched the club most closely this week were um, Rotherham three, Sheffield Wednesday nil, and Wickham Wanderers one, Sheffield Wednesday nil. And Wickham Wanderers before this weekend had never won a game in the second tier of English football, and had never beaten Sheffield Wednesday. So, so I think that just about sums up my week. Are you not surely enjoying uh, what's happening at she- down the road at Sheffield United this week? This the season, rather. It it is it is a small consolation, but Sheffield United do have one point. They're they're not on minus four like we are. So, um, <laughs> I think the fact that they've got a positive points total, um, I am kind of well. I think they did get fairly beaten by Man City but I'm quite enjoying that they've been losing quite a lot of close games because they seem to nick quite a lot of close games that they didn't really deserve to win last year so I'm, I'm hoping that this can carry on and they can be tremendously unlucky and just keep losing by the odd goal Well I uh, fingers crossed for you because I mean man you have to play them at some point right so that would be nice um, Fair enough well Gary my, our hearts go out to you Um <laughs> My my football moment of the week is sort of the last the last ten minutes of games. There's been a lot of talk about how many goals are being scored this season, which obviously more than normal. Um, but how many of them are happening in the last ten minutes and into injury time of matches seems like a real anomaly. Like, particularly watching for clean sheets, it's not just that you're losing them; you're losing them right at the end, and it's really annoying. Like last ten minutes, you sort of think, "Oh, great, I'm going to get a clean sheet for." Crystal Palace or something, and then they just go. So many of those. Any 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 thoughts from the Potters on on what's going on there? Yeah, I, I had heard a theory that um, it was it was the lack of crowds that was contributing. Um, I saw some pundits saying that when when you have the crowd on your back and basically shouting at you not to concede, you're more switched on. I don't know if I personally buy that, but. Um, I heard some pundits had noticed that and that was kind of their guess. I don't know. My guess is there are just too many games and people are knackered uh, and then they just concede at the end. Yeah, that, that I guess to me that makes sense in the tight games, but things like that, that West Ham comeback against Spurs, like surely <laughs> you can hold on and hold it together after not concede three goals in the last 10 minutes. Like, I don't know. It just seems like a real, it seems really strange to me. Yeah, but th- that was Spurs too. You know, they got to live up to their reputation. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Mourinho bringing back the Spursiness <laughs> to Spurs. <laughs> it's been a really inconsistent season, hasn't it? I mean, I, from an FPL standpoint, it's hard to follow which of the uh, the consistent players because some of them blow hot and cold at the moment. Um, I think that, as Ben says, probably reflects maybe the fact that the ward's a bit knackered and there's so many games that the uh, players are struggling for consistency at the moment. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Um, that does. I think that makes more sense than, than the uh, the crowd, because the crowd thing affects the attackers as much as the defenders, right? So, I don't know. Kind of uh, the, the exhaustion thing, I guess, makes more sense to me. The one thing with that is though that um, you haven't. Well, it's quite an interesting thing. Is you haven't seen that much rotation um, as much as you might expect, given if that really is. You would have thought that the managers would have caught onto that and started playing reserve teams, or you know, made making more use of their squad than they have done. But most of the top FPL players have played every game and, um, you know, not not been subbed off after 60 minutes. They've made it through the through the 90. So perhaps that's something to look out for later on in the season. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, it also points maybe that injury is going to start coming in. Um, I mean, they've already started and for some clubs, but um, yeah, maybe they'll get worse. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I think my players are starting to drop like flies. And I think we saw with um, kind of Liverpool um, fielding like their kind of fifth choice centre-back or something, it's it's kind of really um, 
some t- some teams are starting to get down to the bare bones, I think, and it's only going to get worse as the fixtures pile up. It seems to be like midweek matches almost every week now after the international break, right up until Christmas. Yeah, that's true. Of course, with Kane's traditional injury break at some point in the season as well, um, and Kane being the yeah, obviously. My thoughts go out to you, Gary, but Kane is probably the most important player to have this season. Once he gets injured, it'll be interesting how a lot of teams deal with the loss of their main asset. I, I, I don't think. I, yeah, well, sorry. I don't think I have too much sympathy for Gary at the moment. Like, well, well, condolences for him. Given he's he's thrashing both of us in the the fantasy league at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yep, fair point. Fair point. Yeah, I, it's just a handicap. I'm, I'm letting you have Kane, and I just pick the other. 14 players. <laughs> well, do you know what? That's uh, a nice segue, isn't it, into, uh, into going through our team. So why don't we do that now with uh, with Gary first. How's, how's your week been? I've had a pretty poor week this week. It's been, uh, I'm on 40 points at the moment with a couple of Leeds players, Bamford and Dallas, still to play. Um, so, yeah, I went for a bit of a gamble this week, all kind of common sense. Um, I, I didn't fancy, I had Son down as captain and then I didn't fancy him this week good good hunch because it looks like he's only got two points this week um but I went for Trent Alexander-Arnold instead who who also got two points so uh it didn't didn't do me much good uh my my rationale was that um I was kind of hoping that last year's West Ham would turn up at Liverpool and I would be like well it's a pretty hard week to call, but I, I feel like he's going to get a clean sheet and then anything else he gets is a bonus. But in the end, he didn't even get a clean sheet. Um, so, yeah, my, my week's been pretty poor. Um, the one shining light has been Jack Grealish uh, with 15 points. So he's uh, he's been a superstar for me recently. So, um, yeah, he's, he's doing well. And I got um, eight from Calvert-Lewin with that little toe. Uh, yeah, and as you were saying, Andy, I think pretty much nearly all of those... Um, Combined 23 points were gained in injury time with those two <laughs> players just uh, stealing in at the end. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been my saviour. Gary, do you want to talk about your new signing, Diaz? Looks like he's straight on the board with some points for you. Yeah, so I, I kind of feel like Man City are still kind of my go-to team. I still feel like Man City are the team to beat this season like up there with Liverpool and it's looking like Diaz is going to be making the defence a bit more solid um, so so yeah I brought him in for um, I think he got uh, is he only got six points in the end he was down for seven at one so oh no the bonus points changed he was down for seven at one point he's only got six um, so re- replacing Willie Bolly he's, he's got exactly the same as what Bolly would have got but um but yeah, I think yeah, I, I had double wolves, so I wanted to kind of diversify a bit. Um, and yeah, I think I think with City, okay, they might they might not they're, they're a bit leaky at the back, and we've seen them let a few goals in. But I mean, three of their next four home games are Burnley, Fulham, and West Brom. I mean, there must be surely a few clean sheets in there. So I, I think for five point five million, a regular Man City defender is still worth the investment. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly solid thinking. You have to assume that the City will get better over the course of the season, don't you? So, um, five and a half is good for if they uh, if they show the kind of form they have over the previous, even last season. So, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Uh, Matt, how was your week? Uh, my week so far has been a, a week of highs and lows. So, uh, Podence finally coming off with an eight-pointer was was a very nice start on Friday night. Uh, However, slightly tarnished by uh, Sice, uh not not playing a single minute and therefore missing out on the clean sheet. Uh, I know that was always a risk uh, because the, the people have been talking about that happening uh, or potentially happening uh, with the numbers of, of players they've got in those defensive positions. But uh, a disappointment. And unfortunately, it came the one week where I had uh, Dinya suspended and Mitchell completely dropped as well. So I just have no defender playing. So uh, with Conser's zero points... Uh, I have one point for my back three uh, this this week, uh, which has slightly handicapped me. But I did at least on the positive side, though, pick Salah uh, as my captain, and he he got a return. Uh, Kane's got a return just now. Uh, Calvert Lewin, obviously, most people have have them. Um, so so middling week, and I have uh, Mitrovic still to play. Uh, so 
all my hopes are on Mitrovic to to give me a, a, a game week game week boosting uh, rank rank boosting uh, chance this week. Uh, so it doesn't sound very I... likely, but uh, pity pity my <laughs> hopes on him. <laughs> I'm amazed you still have Mitrovic, Matt. I think I'd have rage transferred him after last week, like missing the penalty and uh, missing the, all those chances against Sheffield United. Yeah, I've been doing quite a lot of hits uh, recently. And I thought, no, I'm just going to save a transfer and then I can give him one last game because he, he does have West Brom this week who uh, haven't been too great. So I think if he can't score against West Brom, uh, then he's just going to be, you know, he'll never score. Uh, so this is his last chance. Uh, before I've got a nice uh, two transfers in which to to play around with his value, maybe go for a very different striker. Matt, you're the only one who um, I think out of the Potters who haven't hasn't used their wildcard yet, right? I think. Are, are you thinking? Yeah, what are you well, thinking about that's using another it? another bitter sweet reflection sort of thing. I think the reason that uh, yourself. Uh, and, and Gary are what, what 50 points ahead of me at the moment is probably because I should have done a wild card back when you guys did a wild card uh, I've just been fighting fires with my transfers most weeks uh, but when am I going to do it I think there's uh, we'll come on to it in a bit there's a few fixture turns coming up um, in, in a couple of game weeks time so Man City's fixtures Man United's fixtures uh, West Ham's start to start to look quite good so maybe I'll I'll try and get on the front foot uh, with some of them and, and maybe ship out some uh, some players with their, their fixtures to start turning. The other thing is I, I might just wait and see if the we're talking about injuries uh, potentially looming and, and cropping up. So I might I, I could save it for as long as possible and see if the a game week comes up in the future where say I don't know Salah gets a long term injury or something, then everyone else has got him stuck in their team and I can I can rework my whole team to to uh, to get him out of a wild card. There is an international week coming up um, after next week, so that might be a good time to wildcard if uh, if there's a few injuries. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, 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 the international break or the week after, I think, are the logical ones for me. Uh, but I, I look at my team and I, I think it's okay at the moment, um, but it's not great. Uh, so it's one of those difficult ones where you, there's not enough, not quite enough going wrong with it. Where I think, oh, I, I have to wildcard right now, uh, but that. That means each week I sort of don't quite get the score that everyone else is getting. So it's uh, it's it's one way. Maybe I just have to press the button and, and go 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 for it. Yeah, I think um, you, know, you must be in a minority across the entire game by now because I think with the crazy start the seasons had had and um, like the, the international break as it always does coinciding with the end of the transfer window and quite a few interesting transfers having happened around that time i think probably most people have used that could be a big advantage have it you know compared to the people around you matt that could be a an advantage for you moving forward yeah i mean it, it certainly it could be i mean it means i've missed out on some players like Grealish and co that um, everyone else has been able to jump on but uh i've just been i think a few players have been sort of just waiting to just give, give me another game week to see which the uh, consistent performers are going to be uh, unfortunately, just waiting and waiting and waiting because uh, looking out for that consistency is really difficult this season. Uh, because yeah, teams and players seem to be uh, going on small small patches of form that don't then continue. So, uh, Podence being one player that I put in with a four point hit that then took three four weeks before he he did anything for me. I've uh, put Concer in for a four point hit a couple of weeks back as well, and uh, he's rewarded me with zero points in three weeks. I think. Yeah, that is pretty. It is annoying when that happens. A four point hit, isn't it? Yeah. All right, Ben. How has uh, how's your week been? Yeah, it's been really good. Uh, Sixty-two points all out. I don't. I don't have anyone playing tomorrow, Monday. Uh, I had two transfers saved, and um, I went size to Kilman, not because I really knew Kilman was the first choice. I had a, a suspicion he was, um, but. Just at his price at 4.2 now, I thought, you know, it's going to give me a lot of flexibility going forward. So I did that. Um, the other one I did, I, I kind of knew I didn't need to do it, but I did Reese James to Chilwell. Um, Reese James, if you've been following along, I think seems to, he saw the last two Premier League games um, and you can kind of tell what Lampard's going to do because um, I think he's ro- rotating 
James and Aspilicueta in the Champions League. Um, but I just wanted Chilwell. I think just more long term, I think he's just a better bet um, in terms of like assist potential. So both those moves got a clean sheet. Um, Jack Grealish that Gary mentioned, I think was a standout, um, 15 points. Um, yeah, then had Salah, Kane, Calvert-Lewin. Um, so pretty, pretty happy about it. Um, and the, the areas where I need to change, I think are quite obvious. Um, Raul Jimenez, uh, although he's been ticking along okay, uh, Wolves, Wolves now have a pretty nasty run. Um, so they have Leicester, Southampton, Arsenal, Liverpool, Villa, Chelsea. So I'll probably downgrade Jimenez to Bamford, assuming he doesn't get injured tomorrow. And then that leaves me with Foden, who didn't start this weekend. Um, I'll probably look to upgrade Foden, and I can afford around like up to $9 million. Um, so yeah, I'm looking at Ziyech, um, who got a goal and assist this weekend. Um, but I'll probably just wait on it and see see what they do in the uh, Champions League before I make any moves. I'm still yeah, it makes sense. I'm still fu- I'm go. still fuming about Kilman. I'd never heard of him until you mentioned him on the pod last week, and now he's <laughs> he's taken Sice. I've, I've even named my team after Sice, so I can't I can't change it to Kilman. Oh yeah. I, I, I just didn't know even who he was. And I'm looking at his career. And he, he played for Maidenhead United and Marlow before he played for Wolves. Um, and he's a futsal international for England. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who speaks fluent Russian. But all, all of these things, I've, I've just learned. Who is this guy? <laughs> what, what incredible man. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, I, the the one the one giveaway I saw was he recently signed like a four or five year contract, so I thought hmm, maybe maybe Nuno really likes him. Yeah, you know interesting me at Wolves is that, is that left back that uh, left wing back that played. He's come in at um, he's been given the number three shirt, and he I mean, in the last game played left wing back didn't he? So you could argue this guy's replaced Saiz as well. What was his name? Ait something Ait Ait Nuri. Yeah. What do you think of... Uh, do you think he's likely to stay on the side? I mean, he looked pretty good in that game. He, he played very well. I, I think he's quite young and they've sat, I think they've signed him on loan from a French team with maybe a view to making the transfer permanent. Um, I probably would say yes be, because I, I don't think Sice is a natural wing-back. I think Sice was kind of filling a hole. I've always thought Sice was like the, the left-sided centre-back. Um, his only problem is with this um, Marcal, who they signed as a as the left wing back. If he gets back from injury, might might be his competition. Um, but yeah, I think I, Nuri's not very uh, attractive at five million, is he? It's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a leap. Although if he gets fifteen points every every week like he did last week, he'd be a bargain. So um, yeah, bargain cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Quite. Okay, well, um, I've got the, the the last team review, and I, I was doing pretty well and fairly happy until Gareth Bale scored that goal, which is particularly annoying. I actually quite like Gareth Bale, so I, I want him to do well, but then not not in this way, um, which stripped Harry Kane of his bonus points. So I've uh, I'm now on forty eight points with a four point hit, but that's with Tariq Mitchell, who will be replaced by Vladimir Kufal with one more point. Um, and uh, Stuart Dallas sort of play. So um, whatever Stuart Dallas gets, hopefully he'll get a nice clean sheet and deprive uh, any Mitrovic points. Then um, I'll end up with a few more. So not not a bad week, but not a great week either for me overall. I'm pretty happy with Tariq Lamptey returning nine points. So that's gone well. The one sort of thing that really sticks in my in my jaw is uh, I, I took a four-point hit because with Rodriguez's injury, Hamish Rodriguez's injury. I took a, uh, a four-point hit just to replace him, and I had money in the bank, so I upgraded to Bruno. And Bruno has obviously taken part in that uh, wonderful performance that Manu put in today, so he came back with a blank. Um, hopefully, he'll do better next week. But yeah, that's 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 my week thus far. Um, for next week, I've, I've still I'm sitting here on St. Maxima, who I really regret 
not getting rid of on my wild card, and he's just sort of sat there ever since because there have been more pressing concerns than him. Um, but I think my transfer this week will either be uh, getting rid of some Maximan, upgrading maybe to Ross Barkley at six million, um, depending on how I sort of feel Villa are doing. I'm not up to four three. I'm really not sure. Um, or I might take the plunge on Fernandez and just accept it was a mistake. And Ziyech is one that I was looking at as a potential replacement, save some money, which I could then reinvest in an upgrade on some maximum. So some thinking to do there. I don't know if you guys have any advice. I mean, this isn't advice, but I just love your your back five. Kufal, Cresswell, Dallas, Mitchell, Lamptey. It's, it's, very, uh, it's very unique. I, I think... If you'd have picked those out at the start of the season, it would have been uh, a bit of a strange one. But um, Lamptey's <laughs> paid off with a lovely goal today. Um, but yeah, def- definitely a pretty maverick team in most uh, most respects. Well, you know, uh, when I played my wild card, there was a, a clear strategy around it, which is there aren't any clean sheets this season, so don't invest in defenders. So I just picked out all of the cheap defenders. At the time, I, I sort of... Uh, um, in a moment of weakness, I, I kept Luca Dinho and he also got a red card. So that was a mistake. I should have just like gone cheap there as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's very much a strategy, not a, it's not, not by accident. Yeah. Love a, love a versatile fullback by the looks of things. <laughs> well, yeah, again, <laughs> this is clear strategic direction. <laughs> okay. So, um, Thanks, guys, for the, the review of our teams. Um, we've got a few talking points this week. The first one is, Gary, you're going to talk about the top scoring players in each position. Okay, yeah. So, I, basically, we just thought it would be an interesting exercise. We're kind of um, seven weeks in now. So, it was just to see which of these players will will still be the top point scorers at the start. So, maybe we'll start with the strikers. Um, okay, for start, first of all, I, I don't know if anyone... Quick quiz. Who are the top three point scorers so far this season out of the strikers? Well, obviously, Harry Kane. Yep, 71 points. Um, Calvert-Lewin, 50 yeah. points. Calvert-Lewin. And who's tied with Calvert-Lewin? Bamf- Bamford. Bamford. No, Bamford's on forty nine, and he's got a game tomorrow, so he might he might leap up there. But it's actually uh, um, ex Man United and Bournemouth striker Wilson. Yes, Callum Wilson, six Ooh. goals, Ooh. quite a few penalties, I think. Uh, six goals, two assists. Um, so, which of those three do you think are going to be kind of in the top three strikers come the end of the season? Probably not Wilson. I think Kane, <laughs> Kane definitely. I think, I think Calvin Lewin maybe has a shot. I would expect Werner to be top three by end of season. Yeah, Werner's on thirty six points, so he's kind of lurking fourteen points behind Calvin Lewin and Wilson at the moment. The trouble with Werner is that he keeps being shunted out to the left to make way for Tammy Abraham, which really blunts his impact. I think. Yeah, I, I, you assume Frank Lampard will figure out <laughs> eventually he should pay Werner up front. Yeah, it's not like it's obviously has such a dearth of, uh, of options at left wing, right? Not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it'd be, I, I, I'm not sure about Werner just for that reason. I don't know whether how long it's going to take Lampard to start playing him up front consistently. Danny Ings looked like he got a pretty bad knee injury yeah. today, so. That might be worth looking, monitoring. He might be out for a while, knowing his injury record. Yeah, you can jump on Che Adams then while you can. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. You've got to think that Wilson's form will will tail off a little bit. He's but he's looking like a really good asset at the moment at his, at his price anyway. Um, Bamford, likewise, I think uh, I, I didn't think it would last uh, until he got that hat trick last week. So he's looking like a really good uh, value asset. Um, and then players like Mopai, uh, are they? Are they? And Watkins seem to be rising up. Uh, so, is it? Is it the year of the cheap striker? Is my question. Do you know who no one's mentioned yet? Is Jamie Vardy, and he's always there or thereabouts, isn't he? Mm. I, I find it hard to believe that he won't make it into the top three, given that like a lot of the players, like Aubameyang, has been taken out of the rank of the, the running because he's now a midfielder. Um, 
Yeah, I'd be surprised if Vardy wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, he's got 41 points from four and a bit games. So he's uh, probably points per game. He's probably ahead of some of these others. Um, So, yeah, I I guess with all of these, it's if they stay fit as well, because an injury could could knock knock any of these players out of the the list. But I think I'd agree with you that maybe Kane, Vardy and... And perhaps Calvert Lewin to outscore Werner if he stays on the wing um, would be my my punt there. Um, or Jimenez. Jimenez. Yeah, he's he's ticking along as well. Um, Thirty five points so far, four goals, no assists, played every minute. Um, so so yeah, he's always a favourite. Um, right then, midfielders. Do people know who the top three midfielders are? Son, Salah. Uh, Salah, yeah, second. Son is first, 71 points. It's Grealish, yeah. Is it Grealish? Oh, yes. Yeah, Our boy, Jack. <laughs> so, yeah, Grealish has got 52 points, just ahead of Zaha on 49. So, Son, Salah, Grealish, is that a pretty fair bet to, to stay up there, or do you have some other favourites to come in and knock them out of the top three? No. I don't think Grealish is going to be there at the end of the season. Yeah, you just I think we're just waiting for one of the Man City boys to come, whether it's De Bruyne or Sterling. Yeah. Or Bruno I with think, his penalties. And I also think Mane is also probably going to be yeah. up there. I'd also add in the Man U players as well, Rashford and Fernandes, I think, uh, over the course of the season will rise to that uh, top. I mean, they, they've played one game week less so still at the moment and obviously with a bit of patchy form, but I think they will be getting goals uh, in the weeks ahead. A lot of competition there, isn't there? It's obviously the, the area where like most of the, the highest scoring players in this game are the sort of wing forwards that are you know classified as midfielders but are actually forwards. So it's quite a difficult one to win. Yeah, although I do, I do wonder if Grealish, like the way Villa are playing, just I mean, four goals and five assists so far, and I think he's just so integral to the way they play. I think I think he might get a good, a good haul this season. But yeah, he, he probably is not going to get up to kind of Mo Salah um, standards. What what do people think about Son? He's had such a flying start to the season. Could he be the the, the best value midfielder, or will De Bruyne and Sterling, Mane, will they all catch him up in the end? I have I've long thought that Son is has been undervalued in this game and he sort of continues to be because every season he misses part of the season for some reason. Either he's got military duty or gets consecutive red cards or something that keeps his overall points total down. Um, but to me, he's like, in terms of points per minute, I would expect, I don't know where you would find that stat, but if you looked at it over the last few seasons, I'll bet he'd be up there with, with uh, sort of 11, 12 million players. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely going to hold on to Son for the time being. I think uh, he's really, he's, he seems to have formed this kind of telepathic link with Kane as well. So um, they're kind of involved in everything together. So, uh, so I think I think he must be a must-have at the moment. Um, although we are going to discuss the Spurs' fixtures, I think soon, which might be a, a challenge there. Um, right then, well, you've done quite well with the midfielders and the attackers. The defenders is a bit harder to call, so I'd be interested to see who you think are the top three point-scoring defenders so far this season. I know one, because Duncan... It's Roman size because Duncan told me he was the top-scoring defender last week. Yeah. So I assume he's still in the he's top in, three. Still. He's down to second, he didn't play. but he's, <laughs> yeah. he's been quite jabby, I think. He's, he managed to get a clean sheet against Newcastle because he got subbed off. And I think he got an he, well, he scored a goal in the first week. Uh, Wolves' defense has actually been quite good. So, so yeah, Sice in second. Who is first? Who is third? Am I right in saying Tyrone Mings has got a couple of goals? Uh, yeah, Mings is third, thirty-six points. Good, good shout, Andy. Kurt Zuma has a couple of goals too. I think he scored three or four. Is he scored yeah, three, three goals? goals. Kurt Zuma, top of the pile, four goals? forty-six points. I totally yeah. missed that. I would never have guessed Kurt Zuma. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only know this because I, w- I was like, um, when I was getting rid of Reese James, I was like, shall I go Kurt Zuma? Sort of chill. But <laughs> I was like, there's no way I'm going Kurt Zuma. 
Yeah. Well, it's like the, <laughs> and then the he Chelsea scored defense again. Defense kind of puts you off, but then they either seem to let in three or keep a clean sheet, and then yeah, he's just scoring the odd random. I think all his three goals were just headers from corners, weren't they? They were all pretty much the same goal. Um, Kazuma is what we thought Yerry Mina would be, honestly. Just so oh, you've got to love Yerry. Did you see Yerry Mina um, today? He was kind of um, uh, who was it who had the who was it who had the penalty? Yeah, Callum Wilson. <laughs> he was trying to needle Callum Wilson yeah. in it. Completely backfired. <laughs> I wonder what he was saying. I don't know. He was just like, "You're gonna miss," ah, or whether it was something more profound. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it was that profound. I mean, it's, I, I, don't know. I suppose it's pretty hear each other better with no crowd, but anyway. Um, are we can do goalkeepers as well? Uh, go on there. I wasn't planning to, but we can, we can finish it off. So we'll just do one. Who's the top point scoring goalkeeper? A man who didn't make a single save today. Is it Martinez still? Yes, yes. Martinez, 34 points, although he managed to let in four goals without making a single save. Um, Southampton only had four shots in goal too. Ward Prowse was just putting the free <laughs> kicks in the top corner, so he was just picking the ball out of the net. Uh, but he's he's one point ahead of another unsung hero, Carl Darlow, five million pounds, thirty-three points so far. Mm. Yeah, he's come out of nowhere, hasn't he? Because obviously um, Dubravka has had that goalkeeper spot nailed down for forever. Uh, seems that. Uh... At Newcastle, I didn't even know he'd been. He'd signed and he started playing and appeared in the fantasy football list. Yeah, well, it's. I think the goalkeeper one is always the hardest to call because it's supposed to be a kind of a mid-table goalie. I still think Martinez might be a good shout for this one because he seems to normally get through a lot of saves for Villa, although not today. Okay, well, uh, we'll maybe check in on this list uh, later on in the season and see how they're all going. But um, we've. Uh, picked out a few of the top guns uh, for the start great yeah thanks for the uh thanks for the the, the topic it's a good one gary thank you um so the, the next talking point is from ben you want to talk about spurs yeah i want to talk about spurs because i think most teams uh let, let me rephrase that most of the the high-ranked teams have kind of built their rise on the cornerstone that is uh, Spurs' duo, Harry Kane and Hungman Son. Um, they have West Brom next, which I think a lot of people look at and probably captain. But in game week nine onwards, they face Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, uh, then Palace, but then Liverpool, Leicester, Wolves. So a really tough run. Um, and just curious what people think uh, through that run, whether they 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 think Con- uh, Son and Kane are their form is is too good that you wouldn't drop them, or if they're looking to switch things up, I think myself personally, I'm probably going to get rid of one of them, so maybe hedge a little bit. Um, and I'm even though Son blank today, I think my I think I made my preference is Son over Kane, just because he's uh, like 1.5 million cheaper. Um, I think Kane will probably outscore him in that period because of penalties, but I think with that extra 1.5, I can make some some cha- some upgrades elsewhere. So, yeah, curious what people think about this tough Spurs run and whether now's the time to switch out or keep faith. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm probably not the best person to come in here as I don't have Kane, but I, I was kind of thinking the same that I, I'm. I know he's a kind of a consistent player who's always going to do well, but. I'm not sure he's going to smash it over the next few weeks. It, de- it depends. I mean, there's been so many penalties this season. I guess that's the only thing that he's on penalties. But, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say a Spurs any good this season because you, you look at their results and two of their hardest games on paper, Southampton away, 5-2 win, Man United away, 6-1 win. But then kind of lost 1-0 to Everton, just scraped past Brighton today, drew at home to Newcastle, like they drew at home to West Ham. It, it's like, yeah, which, are they any good? What? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I would, I would slightly separate, uh, are Spurs any good from, I think Son and Kane are great FPL assets at the moment. Uh, 
because regardless of them actually winning matches, uh, they they seem to be scoring uh, each week uh, and, and assisting each other quite a lot. Um, I agree with you, Ben. Like the fixtures look really difficult, but then I'd have probably said that going away to Man U looked like a difficult fixture, and uh, they absolutely smashed that one. So, uh, I I don't think I will uh, sub one out preemptively. Uh, I think I'll wait uh, for a fixture or two to see uh, if they continue scoring in those games. I think is it Man City? Man City is the first difficult one up first. So, if they can, um, if they can score. If, if Tottenham end up scoring more than two goals in that game, then. Uh, I think uh, even though they might not be winning the matches, uh, that, that Son and Kane will be getting fantasy points. Yeah, another part of my thinking is if you look at Man City's fixtures game week 10 onwards, Burnley, Fulham, Man U, West Brom, Southampton, Newcastle. So like the Spurs' bad run coincides with City's good run. So... Um, like it is kind of tempting to be like, oh, Santa Raheem Sterling or Santa De Bruyne. Um, yeah, I think that's the thing that tempts me. It's not so much that I think Spurs players will fall away. It's just that City, I feel like City could really feast in these fixtures. They could also be made a case for Man U as well. But um, I, think, <laughs> I think wait and see on Man U until they actually show some signs of life as well. Um, question, or who, who are the City players that you would bring in? Because for me, it's... I'm not really sure anybody is looking... Like, City as a team don't look at their best. Um, Jesus and Aguero seem to just be taking it into... Well, they're both injured right now, but um, that, 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 I mean, with their injuries, I'm assuming they're not um, reliable, reliable enough to pick. Um, Sterling hasn't shone. I mean, De Bruyne's had injuries. Who, who are you thinking? I'm thinking Sterling... I think when you, I think when Man City play Burnley and Fulham at home, I know they aren't in the greatest of form, but I can still see them absolutely smashing Fulham, for for example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a scary. That's yeah, a scary fixture if you I don't mean, have I a Man think, City player. Sterling and De Bruyne are strong. I'm I'm kind of interested in this Ferran Torres as well. I'm just going to see if he plays a bit more. But for for six point nine million, he might. Yeah, I was going to chip in with him. He could be a starting striker for Man, U, uh, Man City through an easy run at 6.9 million. It's a great price. But uh, you just see if he's a, he's a starting striker that scores goals or he's a starting striker that fills a, fills a gap so Sterling can steam in and, and score at the back post. Um, Foden, I'm just looking now. Foden is their second highest scoring player. No, walk, no, walk's overtaken him now, sorry. Third highest scoring player so far this season. Is he not... I, I, was it Matt saying, thinking about transferring, transferring him out? Um, I'm interested that he hasn't sort of featured in this part of the discussion. Uh, yeah, I'm the one who actually has Foden. Has he been um, he's done okay for me. Uh, he just doesn't seem like like very nailed on compared to Sterling and De Bruyne I think that's the only risk um, is that it's just the rotation I was surprised he didn't start against Sheffield United um, I think Pep did Torres as the number nine and then it must be Mares and Sterling on the wings so there's always the risk of that happening um, so I, I don't know my take is if, if you were to get City player for this good run like Sterling and De Bruyne are the ones to me that rotate the least. So like this, obviously the safest options, which is why they're the most expensive ones. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot more money, right? It's a, a five million price difference from Foden up to those guys. So I guess that reflects the certainty I mean, with for, which they're going to play. For, for me, it's avoid, avoid Foden <laughs> like the plague. Like just minute, minutes played, 90, 63, 90, 88, 45, 9. I, I think you're going to have this all season. He'll have the odd 90-minute game, but you never know when it's going to come. Yeah, that's probably a fair comment. And compare that to Sterling, he's got um, 81, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90. It's a big, big difference, right? I'd, I'd rather have someone like Grealish or Zaha that's going to play every week and perhaps get the odd penalty or free kick. Um, they're not. They're not going to score as many goals. The team's not going to score as many goals as Man City, but 
you, you pretty much every week they could come back with a big haul, whereas Foden some weeks is just not going to play. Well, that too is a great segue, Gary, as, uh, as Matt was going to talk Villa and Everton. So why don't we yeah, get there next? Yeah, so, I mean, um, Villa and Everton were the... Everyone was jumping uh, jumping on those players uh, at the start of the season. Uh, Everton started really, really strongly. And I think uh, I've got two Everton players. I think a few others probably have uh, two, two or three. Uh, and then Villa, uh, after, especially after they smashed Liverpool, uh, everyone was loving Villa. They were top of the table. Uh, I put Concer in. And maybe I've cursed this because they've just lost two on the bounce since then. And, and likewise, Everton have just lost their last two games as well. So... Uh, I guess my question to, to, to the others is, uh, do people think that Everton and Aston Villa are returning to sort of mid-table mediocrity uh, and are their assets going to stay good? I'll take the Villa one. Jack Grealish is not leaving my team <laughs> till next year. <laughs> if uh, Just look at their fixture run after Arsenal. It's... Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Burnley, West Brom, Palace. They don't face an, another really big team till Chelsea in, on December 28th. And then, you know, Greenwich is just central to everything. Um, so, yeah, if, if I try and take him out before next year, someone stop me and remind me, I, unless, he, unless he gets injured. Um, I think the only, the only interesting thing we found out today was Ollie Watkins. It looks like he's on penalties not Jack Grealish, which is a bit unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I think Villa will obviously revert to the mean, but given their fixture run, I think they'll still produce plenty of FPL points. Evan, to me, is an interesting one. I think they've looked really bad without Hammers and Richarlison. Um, and then I think after game week 12, they have a pretty tough run, so... Yeah, I think Everton could be a case. I, I was planning to get Rodriguez in, but now I'm not. I'm just a little bit uncertain with his injury. I mean, therefore, yeah. I think... Go ahead, Andy. Sorry, you go, Gary. <laughs> okay. Um, for me, the the big miss for Everton is Richarlison. Um, I feel like every team needs a player who can run past defenders and like carry the ball at pace. And really, he's the only one who does that at Everton. So without him, they look really blunt. And most of the good teams have two or three players that can do this. If you look at like Everton, sorry, um, across the across the road, Liverpool, as an example, um, where they have Mane and they have Salah. Jota can do it as well. You know, got a lot of players that can. Shakiri can do it. Like that's an important skill to have in every every eleven that you play. Um, but only Richarlison being able to do that feels like a weakness in Everton's squad to me. So until he's back, I think they're going to look bad. But then as soon as he's back, I think they're going to look much better again. So that means for me, they're going to probably sort of be a bit inconsistent, end up between fourth and sixth in the league. Um, and you're going to, yeah. But the, overall, though, that still means that a lot of their players, like Calvert-Lewin, for example, at 7.6, is still going to be undervalued. It's going to end up with a lot of points by the end of the season. I mean, I'd say this was partly done on fixtures, why people were going in on them, but... Um, with Everton, their their good run will come to an end at kind of the start of December, but they do have after Man United, Fulham, Leeds, and Burnley. And Richarlison is back after one more game from his suspension. James um, and Andre Gomez are kind of coming back from their injuries. Um, so, yeah, they, I think Everton will still be reasonably strong. I, I, I think Matt's intro of mid-table mediocrity is a bit harsh on Everton because they they are. Um, they are quite an interesting team. I, I think Calvert-Lewin is really emerging as a, a high-quality centre-forward. I mean, the way the way he jumps for the head for the crossers, is like Ronaldo-esque, isn't he? He's got that kind of brilliant kind of one-metre leap, which not many players seem to have. And uh, when they have Hammers putting the crosses in, he's, he's really hard to stop. Um, as, as far as Villa go, I, I agree with what Ben says about the fixtures. And I'd say even if they are mid-table mediocrity... Um, they're, they're, they're mid-table mediocrity with a lot of cheap players and a lot of good fixtures. So um, that last season, they were kind of relegation strugglers. And this year, they, they have improved. Um, yeah, they've got players like Grealish, Barkley, Watkins, uh, quite a few of the defenders. They're all like a nice price. Um, so even if they are mid-table, if, even if they are going to be mid-table, they're a kind of this season's 
Southampton or Sheffield United where you can you can fill your squad out with a few good Villa players. Yeah, I think good points all. Um, it, it certainly seems that everyone's sticking with their those assets for now. Um, I mean, I guess they uh, from a even if Villa lost, uh, they still got pretty good scores, didn't they? Of Grealish uh, and Watkins, uh, so uh, it's their FPL assets. Uh, even if the the team themselves uh, could be losing a bit of form. Yes, indeed. Um, and there was a, the sort of segue that we took into Villa could also have taken us in a different direction. So I'm going to go on to the final talking point for today, which is a similar question about Palace. Now, the big difference with Palace is that their, their upcoming fixture list is Leeds, Burnley, Newcastle, West Brom. So very favourable fixtures, all green. Um, but they just look like the spark has kind of been extinguished. And we've seen Hodgson teams... You know, the, the fixtures don't necessarily predict how well they do because they defend deep and sort of try and counter-attack. And so sometimes coming up against another um, defensive team kind of undoes them a little bit. So with, uh, with Zaha and Mitchell, also quite popular picks this season, what do we think of Palace? Don't all come don't all <laughs> at once. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think if you have Palace players, the next four fixtures, you, you I mean, you kind of have you have to stick with them. I feel like, um, especially with Milivojevic getting a red card, if you if you have Zaha, it's worth it just because he's on pens. Um, I think Mitchell had a, was injured, so it'll be interesting to see if he keeps he loses his place if he's fit or not. Um, but it, like, if you're like me and you don't have Zaha. There's no way I can justify bringing him in for these four fixtures because, like you said, Andy, Palace just don't score a lot of goals, <laughs> so and don't look that great. Um, so yeah, I, I to me it's like holding you. Have yeah, him I mean they're definitely the, the buy, Zaha yeah. show going forward. So the only attacking asset that's worth thinking about, I think, in FPL terms, is probably Zaha, uh, and. Yeah, I, they probably won't score many goals, but if he gets all of them, then uh, he could still be a really good pick. But um, I think you're right that at his price point, you've got players like uh, like Greenish and Co. So it's a it's a competitive uh, mid-priced midfielder price point at the moment. Um, and so I think he, uh, on his back of his one point, probably won't be getting many transfers in this game week. But he would only take a goal or two uh, in the next game that suddenly he could flip again. And as you as you say, Mitchell, I'm certainly keeping him just simply because he's just so cheap and he's a bit of a make weight. Um, so I don't, you shouldn't be playing in my first team most weeks. But uh, uh, you're right, Andy. They don't. They, they certainly their their game week just gone. Uh, they didn't look like a very good team. So uh, I, I won't be rushing to put in my first team anytime soon. The the other food for thought I'll throw in there are if you if you're thinking about Zaha, some of the West Ham midfielders are about to go on a good run. I think we talked about this last pod, um, and I think that's why Andy brought in Kufal. Um, but if you look at Fornals and Jared Bowen, they're about to play Fulham next, then Sheffield United, then Villa, then they Man United, but then they have Leeds Palace. So they're also at the Zaha price point. Um, if you're looking, if you're looking elsewhere, they I might like be a Jared good Bowen. Well. He's a very yeah. clinical finisher, so I think he's definitely one to keep an eye on. <laughs> I just like teams that are about to play Fulham, honestly. <laughs> but nobody's mentioned Suchek. <laughs> Apart from Suchek, don't get Suchek because. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Duncan, Duncan started him again. He didn't even come off the bench for Duncan. He was straight in the first team. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think those um, those West Ham midfielders are actually a, a significant saving on Zaha. Like um, Bowen is 0.9 cheaper than what? Yeah, I've got the right price for Zaha. Um, a whole million actually. It's a whole million cheaper than Zaha right now. So um, that's I think worth considering. A bit of a wild card is Yarmolenko because um, 
with Antonio injured, like Haller didn't play very well last week, so he might for five point seven million he might suddenly find himself playing up front. Uh, he certainly played up front for the last few minutes, um, the last couple of games when he's come on. Um, so that would that that would be really um, a real Haller was yeah yeah. Well, there was also Haller was yeah, shocking. He was, really bad, he was so um, bad. There's also this um, Saeed Benrama who wore number nine. I wonder whether he might be the alternative to Haller. I think he's more of a wide forward, certainly for Brentford, unless they want to play him as like a false nine. But I, I think I see him more as a. I mean, if Yamalenko plays in his normal position and, and Bowen, um, he kind of competing with them as one of the the wingers. But he, he's a very good player. He's he's creates and scored a lot of goals for Brentford. So for six million, actually, is a, is a really good price if you can get a, a starting position. He almost. He also has a, a, a nice picture on the uh, FPL website. He's got like his arms crossed around. He's trying to do something interesting in the picture, which is rare. I'd say he I actually like adds a little bit of jeopardy to some of the uh, <laughs> other West Ham assets. So I was really keen on getting someone like a to- Antonio in, but his hamstring injury sort of uh, mixes things up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, if Ben Rama is pushing, uh, say, Fournals and Bowen for a place, then are they going to be? Are they going to get the minutes for all those fixtures? Yeah, who knew West Ham had so many midfield options? And Snodgrass. And also Lanzini and <laughs> Felipe Anderson. And Snodgrass. Well, Felipe Anderson's on line of Porto. David, Moy- David Moyes is building a, a title challenge. Just as a word of warning, don't transfer in Felipe Anderson. He's, he's at Porto on loan, so he won't, he won't be playing me. Oh, he is? Jack Wilshere okay, is also okay, a bad pick. Um, <laughs> yes. Agreed. <laughs> oh, poor Jack Wilshire. What's happened to him? I don't think he's playing for anyone at the moment, is he? He's just in this weird limbo. Was was Jack Wilshire ever a good FPO asset? I don't think he even his pomp. Has... I no, think he was like right? a deep lying central midfielder, so a bit like uh, picking Kante, like a good player, but never an FPL asset. Oh, you can actually see previous seasons. Top scoring season, 93 points. That's a long time ago. 2010 and 11 oh, season. That's a long time ago, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Only one goal and three assists. Mm. All right. Well, that's a, there, are, there are plenty of reasons then not to, not to pick Jack Wilshere. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that brings that sort of section of the of the podcast to a close. Um, the last thing to do is to go to the listeners' league. So, uh, so Gary, why don't you do that before we go through the uh, the, the clean sheets and the wooden voice? Okay, uh, so I'm frantically scrolling through just to check, but I believe the top point scorer this week, if I can get to him, is uh, Morton Morton Blabjerg with Sterling Silva. Um, so. Let me just get his team up. Actually, no, he's gone down to sixty-seven points, so maybe he's not. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on him anyway, as I prepared this earlier. Um, but basically, uh, Morton uh, has come in with um, Grealish and Zuma. I think have been his star men this week. Um, so is is certainly up there as one of the top point scorers. Um, but yeah, he's just gone down to 67, I think, because he had Kane as captain. So when I checked earlier, I had an extra extra six points on live FPL. Uh, but it's quite it's quite a mediocre week this week. There's not many people kind of breaking the 70 barrier. Um, there was there was one who did uh, the, the Farting Wombats, uh, run by Punjabi Tinkerman, got 72 points. But I'm, I'm not counting uh, your team, Punjabi, because you took a, a minus 12 hit to, to get there. Uh, so the farting wombats can stay uh, can stay off for now. Um, oh, there was our oh, Harry Quinn favourite from last season. Got seventy one points. Uh, we one player to play, so maybe Harry Quinn is the top scorer. And he's still got Bamford tomorrow, so could clearly still end up with a hundred points if he has Bamford still to play. Um, right <laughs> then, let's pick out the top uh, the top five. Uh, just to say that, that Darren Axton is holding on to his lead with Timmy, Timmy, Timmy FC. Uh, Kane is captain, so pretty solid. Uh, 42 points this week. 
but narrowing the gap, Sunstar, Tanganga Nam style. Um, 52 points so far this week, and Harvey Barnes as captain. Um, so a bit of a maverick move there from Sunstar. She, she could still catch Darren Axton. Um, when quizzed about why, why she wanted to switch from Harry Kane as captain, um, she said she wanted a, a player with a surname beginning with A um, and didn't have any of those, so went for Harvey Barnes with the B. Uh, so let's see if that bold move pays off. Um, and just behind Sun is Adam O'Connor, Bookfast Kings um, on 447, another Kane captain. Uh, Rohan Dayal, team, dropping one place to fourth on 444. And Nick Jones with the Monstars, and he's on 440 points. Um, the top podders in the league, Ben has just overtaken me and gone into eighth, um, thanks to Harry Kane. And I've dropped to ninth thanks to Trent Alexander-Arnold and my uh, crazy idea. Um, but still comfortably ahead of the rest who are enduring uh, what must be said is quite a disappointing season. Ooh. <laughs> B- biting end <laughs> <Ouch>. there. <laughs> just you wait. Just you wait. Well, but don't play, this, don't play yeah. this back well. to me in like five months' time when you're miles ahead of me and I'm like... Five million. Just you wait for that Mitro race tomorrow, and yeah, you you call me mad sticking with him all these weeks. Well, if that if that happens, then I think we can uh, comprehensively (laughs) conclude that this season's a lottery. I like how um, Sun sort of uh, is flipping the narrative from uh, most most FPL managers pick by numbers, but she picks by his letters. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, I mean, the tactic was kind of picking names that she kind of liked the sound of. And um, she liked the sound of Ward Prowse, which which has paid off in spades these last couple of weeks. He's been been banging the points in. We haven't mentioned him today. <laughs> I think he's got like 28 points in the last two weeks. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's still going well. And uh, I'm kind of worried because I, I, I said to I said to Son, if, if she beats me and I win the the £100 sweepstake that we have going, um, she can keep the money. Um, so I'm getting a bit nervous now, to be honest. <laughs> it does uh, make you question everything you know about life, doesn't it? <laughs> 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 All right. Well, last thing to do today is to go through the, um, the, the clean sheets and the whipping boys. So should we go um, whipping boys first? Um does any Ben? Who do you who do you see next week as being the uh, the prime whipping boys? I guess there are normally two two options, right? Yeah, I, I think I was I was looking at Spurs place the captain, so I probably oof, go West Brom, but Spurs did not look good today. So maybe a shout for Sheffield United, Chelsea. I don't know. It's a tough one. I, um... I can't it's believe you ignored one. Fulham there, Ben. After everything yeah. you said, I, I was my my whipping boys. I think are Fulham. I know it's West Ham. You, who knows what to expect? But I, I'm going Fulham. I will back up. I think I, I agree with the Fulham thing, uh, but I, I think I think Chelsea have the ability to put more past Sheffield United than West Ham putting them past Fulham. So I'll go uh, Sheffield United. Um, interesting that neither of you have mentioned West. I mean, ben mentioned West Brom, but neither Gary nor Matt did. What's your thinking behind Spurs not tonking West Brom? I think West Brom can be deceptively good now and again. Like, I mean, they drew at home with Chelsea. Um, I'm not writing West Brom off just yet. I think they've got one or two decent players. Yeah, and and likewise, they they Spurs could could bump past them, but um, I think uh, as we've been saying earlier in the pod, like they're their team form is a little bit patchy, even if Son and Kane still smash it in. So uh, I think they are not cruising uh, at the moment. They were going to be mine, but obviously with, uh, with, with two having already gone for Sheffield United, it looks like Sheffield United getting smashed by Chelsea are this week whipping boys. So 
um, that topic. I'm, I'm happy um, with that. I didn't even have to please. say anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe you can sort of, uh, I don't know, drown your sorrows in, uh, in Sheffield United's <laughs> woes next week. Um, <laughs> so in reverse order then, Matt, do you want to pick the, pick um, the first clean sheet? Well, I mean, are there ever, ever clean sheets these days? Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there aren't uh, any. Maybe who, who could get a clean sheet? Uh, Arsenal are quite a tidy team at the moment, so maybe Arsenal against Villa. Wow, Arsenal against Jack Grealish. It's a big shout. Um, ben, do you want to go next? Oh, I'm going Chelsea. I'm going to enjoy my Gary? Chelsea clean sheet next weekend against Sheffield United. Um, maybe Southampton. Kind of they were. Newcastle revert to type and only have like one shot all game. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid bet. Um, I reckon... I reckon West Ham give a clean sheet. Mm. I think they're probably the most likely of all of them. So I definitely think West Ham. Well, yeah, I didn't. I didn't exactly. So this the guy with two West Ham defenders. You would hope so. <laughs> they're, both... they're both going in, though, right, Andy? <laughs> oh yeah, they're both playing against Fulham. Neither of them. They're both on my bench this week, and they're both playing against Fulham. So after any more that, more? after that, the only ones I could think of are the one, the sort of teams that actually seem to play for clean sheets. So Palace and Wolves. You never know. Could keep it. Either of them could keep a clean sheet against Leeds and uh, Leicester. I'm not sure I fancy anybody to keep a clean sheet against Leeds. Like, they just throw so many men forward. I, it's actually, though, with Leeds, they've done, they've done well playing against teams like Man City that give them an open game. But there were a few teams in the championship. Like, you can kind of strangle them. And that, that's the kind of game where Palace might be dangerous because Leeds will have, like, 75% possession. But then Palace will... It, it might suit their game plan a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see uh, uh, Zaha maybe getting a few like chances to run at their centre backs, which obviously could spell points. All right, Um, I think that probably can. I think we've definitely named more clean sheets than there will be next week. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we could probably call it there. which brings us to the end of the podcast. So before before signing off, I just want to remind everybody that you can find us at, at FPLFFFanatics um, on Twitter or and obviously the, uh, the the podcast itself is called the Fantasy Football Fanatics on your favourite podcast receiving app. So um, I guess uh, thank you for, for joining the pod, Matt. Thank you. And uh, bring on Mitrovic uh, Brace tomorrow. Ha. Thank you for joining the pod, Gary. Uh, farewell, and I hope everyone in the UK is keeping safe and um, you, you've got plenty of podcasts to listen to. We, better ones than this, probably, over, over lockdown. Gary, how could you? <laughs> um, and, and Ben, thank you for joining the pod. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. I'm glad I'm, I'm now <laughs> top of the podders in the FPL League. I feel like it wasn't Great. mentioned and, enough. Uh, pod, fleeting, but, uh, fleeting. Okay. Just wait for <laughs> Dallas and Bamford to, tomorrow ben, night. Ben, let's not forget your nickname is Mr. Second Place. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of the season, we've got plenty of time to drop into second place. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been a great week and uh, have, a, have a good rest of your day. <laughs>